Can you pick it up? Oh, the whooshing? Yeah. the general hum of the generator and the sort of swoosh, whoosh, whoosh of the turbines turning. And these are um, 1.65 megawatt Vestas uh, turbines that were put up in 2012 by Epic Systems of, um, of Verona, the software, uh, medical software company. Um, there are six of them in total, which makes a 9.9 megawatt wind farm um, here on this ridge over Wanakee, which is probably the most visible clean energy uh, system that Madison residents will will see as they uh, they're visible from from the highway uh, coming in and out from the west. The uh, the towers are about 260 feet high, so roughly a 26-story building. Um, the rotors have a diameter of about 269 feet from from tip to tip. Um, so these are these are very big pieces of of uh, steel and carbon. At any instant, a house is going to maybe draw five to six kilowatts um, so just on an instantaneous basis one of these turbines might do from the Wisconsin State Journal I'm Elizabeth Beyer this is front page a podcast that takes a look back at some of the state journal's most interesting recent stories Wisconsin and Minnesota share a border. They're about the same size and have similar populations and climates. But in recent years, Minnesota has become a leader in renewable energy with solar and wind resources that dwarf those in Wisconsin. Energy and environment reporter Chris Hubbock broke down some of the reasons for the vast difference, including one key driver, policy. So at at any one time, one of these would produce enough electricity for five typical houses? If they were essentially running everything on, that's that's with all their appliances. That's their their peak load. You know, Minnesota has just a lot of wind energy, not as much as Iowa, but way more than Wisconsin. Um, and even as Wisconsin has in the last year seen a number of big solar projects come through, you know, there's really just been no wind. There's like one wind farm uh, that's been built in the last decade. Um, even as Wisconsin utilities have been investing in wind, but they've just been doing it in Iowa or Minnesota. Andy Olson at the Environmental Law and Policy Center put out a report in back in September that looked at this very thing. What about that report stood out to you? Just really looking at at the difference when you, you put it on paper. Um, you know, Minnesota has like five times 
the wind capacity and 16 times the solar capacity. Um, and it really happened. I guess what, what's really noticeable um, when you sort of chart it out is just the impact of policy changes. So Minnesota passed a package of laws in 2013 aimed at spurring or requiring solar development. Minnesota is on track to exceed the national standards when it comes to reducing carbon emissions and increasing renewable energy production. Joining me right now is the chair of the Senate Environment and Energy Committee, John Marty. Some of this was a mandate that, that their public utilities had, had to get uh, 1.5% of their energy from solar by 2020. There were some other things in there that um, kind of influenced how it was done, who would own it. But, you know, the impact was that that line turned vertical. And in a very short time, Minnesota built a lot of solar panels, um, whereas Wisconsin didn't. What are some of the similarities or differences between Minnesota and Wisconsin, uh, be it geography or policy, that help or hinder renewable energy development in either state? They're pretty similar in size and population. That's what makes it interesting is that they're neighbors, very similar climates, similar land mass, similar populations, but very different in terms of, of their resources. A lot of that is is policy. Some of it is Geographical, Minnesota has the Buffalo Ridge, which is a land formation in the southwest corner that is very windy and so was one of the earlier places developed. It's also very sparsely populated, which makes wind development really economically feasible and and fairly easy. Wisconsin does not have as good a wind resource, although it does have – the wind isn't that much – less powerful here. It still blows pretty hard at times. But Wisconsin is settled in a way that is more dense. There, there are, there are just, Wisconsin just doesn't have the vast plains you know, where, where houses are spread out a mile apart. And anytime you have more people, it just makes it harder to build new things, especially wind farms, which take a lot of land. You know, they have to be spread out in such a way that you just end up having to work with a lot of different landowners in Wisconsin, also a lot of different towns, local governments. It just makes it more complicated. What are some of the most striking differences regarding renewable energy policy between the two states? Two things, really. One is a sort of negative. In Wisconsin, back in 2010, Wisconsin established a new wind siting rule that was designed to make everything uniform and really to make it a lot easier to site a wind farm. In 2011, we had a new governor, a new legislature come in. They suspended that rule just as it was about to take effect, introduced several anti-wind bills, none of which ultimately passed. And, and the rule did ultimately go into effect a couple of years later. But the effect was really to send a pretty strong message to wind developers that this was maybe not a friendly administration. And I think it just largely scared a lot of them off. And they went to Minnesota and Iowa where it was easier anyway. Originally, this rule was approved prior to Governor Walker taking office against the wishes of the then governor-elect who requested that all policymaking come to halt until he took control. After he was sworn in, Governor Walker introduced his special session bill 
on wind siding. On the solar side, there you had some positive legislation in Minnesota, this 2013 package of bills that mandated their utilities come up with one and a half percent solar energy by 2020 and created some new mechanisms for how individuals could be compensated for, say, putting solar panels on their roofs. Also required Excel, which is the, the largest single utility there, which serves more than half the half the customers in the state, to come up with a community solar program that would allow basically individuals, businesses to buy shares in some remotely sited solar place. So even if they didn't weren't able to put solar panels on their on their own building, they could take part in it and and benefit from it. So on the one hand you had the you had a policy that was really discouraging wind in Wisconsin. On the other hand you had a policy that was really encouraging solar in Minnesota. Since entering office, has the Evers administration signaled that they're interested in revisiting renewable energy initiatives? Well, I mean I think you've seen Evers right away um, you know made some made some at least symbolic moves through an executive order setting a, not a mandate, but a goal of having 100% carbon-free energy by 2050, establishing a new office of uh, sustainability and clean energy. Governor Evers says the office will ensure the state of Wisconsin fulfills the carbon reduction goals set forth in the 2015 Paris Climate Accord. That has yet to, to quite been, have been formed and it's, it, I guess it's yet to be seen what they'll do. I think their role can be to at least provide some research and some policy direction towards how the state could uh, improve its clean energy development. So those are certainly positive signs. We still have a GOP-controlled legislature that hasn't historically been super friendly to to renewables, but I think there is an increasing awareness within the GOP that there is an economic case to be made for renewables. Even, uh, and I think there is also some growing acceptance of climate science. But even even setting aside climate change, I think there is there's enough uh, of a contingent that kind of recognizes the the economic case and really just the reality of it. I mean, you know, now utilities are are building it. And I think, you know, regulators, too, are, are recognizing that. Have energy companies signaled that they're ready to develop more solar or wind farms in Wisconsin? What happened in just in the last year, we saw the approval of about half a dozen new large-scale solar farms. Huge solar farms are under construction in rural areas. Panels are going up on public buildings in the Milwaukee suburbs. A few of them have started construction so far. Most are set to be completed or come online towards the end of 2020 or into 2021. So we don't have a lot you know, in the ground just yet, but it's happening very quickly. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that in 2020 in terms of regulatory approval. So in that sense, we might start to catch up with Minnesota. Are there any incentives offered by either state for individuals, communities, or utility companies to focus on the development of renewable energy? I mean, I think one of the key differences in Minnesota and Wisconsin policies is that Minnesota had went out of its way to create policies that would make it easier and more economical for individuals to install solar, say, on their rooftops. Um, that just that there's policies that require 
utilities to compensate them for the solar that they generate in a uniform way and some would argue in a more fair way that values all the benefits of that solar energy, which can include things like avoided costs, like not having to build a new power plant or not having to move that electricity over long distances. Also, Minnesota you know, mandated that its utilities come up with a community solar program. So this is a way that for people who either don't own their own home, uh, just don't have a roof that has good sun, for whatever reason, can't put, it's not an option for them to, to own their own solar panels, but this is an option for them to buy into a collective solar farm that's built somewhere off-site and they own a share of it and they reap a benefit from the, the energy that's generated. They get paid back by the utility for this, for this clean energy that's put into the grid. Wisconsin has some, a few solar farms. XL has three in western Wisconsin. Um, some of the cooperatives have followed this model. Other utilities are starting to come along and have done some things, but we, are, we lag behind in terms of hundreds of megawatts that Minnesota has built and that Wisconsin hasn't. I think regulators here have been hesitant to tackle some key policy questions that address who can own solar, how it can be financed, things that solar developers say would really could really open up the door. And the end result is that Wisconsin is largely very quickly catching up in terms of installed capacity. But the difference is that on this side of the river, it's all really utility owned. It's very, very large, like 300 megawatt solar farms, but where the utilities own and operate it. And so the benefits aren't flowing to ratepayers in the same way. One of these, in, in the course of a year, one of these turbines would produce enough electricity to supply roughly 500 typical Wisconsin homes for a year, just in terms of, of the, the actual energy output from over time. But of course, the, the energy they produce doesn't always line up with when it's needed, so hence we have to to have uh, other, source, other sources of energy to keep it all balanced. Thanks for listening to Front Page, a podcast that takes a look back at some of the Wisconsin State Journal's most interesting recent stories. You can find this podcast on our website at www.madison.com slash WSJ, iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify.